Anger is energy that in a fallen world is, a, is a, it's something that is meant to be put toward problem solving. Where it becomes sinful is when we land it on people. So it's meant to be a problem solving reaction to things in the world. It's an energy that comes from, in many ways, from within. And, and part of it is being made in God's image. When you see things that are unjust or you see things that are wrong, anger is a response that comes to that. What's difficult about righteous anger is that we can agree that, yeah, there are justifiable anger. There's, there's things that are justifiable to be angry at. Who among us is without sin? Right? So there's a humility that has to come with that anger because what it can, what, it's hard to listen and easy to speak when you're mad. Yeah. Welcome to the Movement Podcast. My name is Paul, and I get to serve Crosspoint as the online pastor. And today I sat down with Josh Reed and Becca Morgan, who lead our content team. And we dive in deep into the book of James and answer all the questions that we have from our online team from this past Sunday, because we had Jeff Henderson with us. And if you missed that message, you can go to crosspoint.tv slash watch now to catch up and, and uh, jump in with us as we have this conversation. Because um, really what we want to do is set an example of what it looks like to study God's Word together. And so we hope that you guys will do that too. We looked at James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, answering all the questions. So let's jump in together. Welcome to the Movement Podcast. Becca, do you mind jumping in and reading I would love um, to. in uh, James for us? So I'm going to read James 1, verses 19 through 27. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. All right. So That's a lot. Based on that. Good job reading that. Yeah, that was <laughs> great. I was shocked that I did not stumble <laughs> at one point. Thank you, you Lord. I appreciate that. Um, let's just start from the top. What stood out to you guys? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the one of the things when you're reading through scripture to always pay attention to is repetition and weird stuff. Mm. Um, and so already just some of the things that are coming back around James's uh, grounding all his quick commands or, or some of those things are regarding obedience to this idea of being having a new birth. And this is a verse uh, 20 or 21 is another place where he says, you know, this is in response to having received this implanted word, which is able to save you. So I love how he just circles back. And, and many of the letters do this, where any any ideas of obedience is grounded in having something having already been done to you. Yeah. Um, it's a response. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And, then of course, I love things like uh, the, the imagery and the word pictures that he uses, this idea of um, things being planted. 
and then you've got this man looking in a mirror. So I, I love all his like mm. analogies. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. help stuff stick. Yeah, totally. for sure, absolutely. What about you, PK? What's yeah, I mean, mean, I think think the uh, I just you know at the the top of what you read, you know, just the um, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, and those those kind of three words there, the listen, speak, and anger, and just how they connect to each other is a really interesting piece that James would highlight those mm-hmm. things that, you know, every one of us should be careful um, what we say um, and also with our anger um, because I think anger can be a tool, yeah. <laughs> totally. you know, that can be good used for good or for, for bad things, you know, and so... Um, I think that just really highlights to me is something that uh, that can be really helpful for us to just dive into. Yeah. You know, yeah. is, what does that mean? You know, yeah, anger. You said that we had a few questions about anger specifically from our online campus. Is that right? Yeah, we did. I, it's like, how do you actually go from listening to action? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you deal with anger when? You know, I, I'm a parent and like right. there's been times where I've had to like I've I've definitely used anger as a tool. You know, I think of like the coaches growing up that I had in my life that the uh the anger was a tool that a coach would use to motivate his players or to motivate us. And I think sometimes, you know, we we may use that tool maybe in the wrong way, you right. know. And so I th- I think that, you know, how do how do we um is there good anger? Is there bad anger? Yeah. Is it okay to be angry? Is it not okay to be angry? Yeah. You know, some of those kind of things came up with some of the questions that we have with yeah. people. Yeah, it's a, it a good, you know, anger, I, I don't remember where I read this. I picked it up somewhere, but it stuck. And it says, anger is energy mm. that in a fallen world is, a, is a, it's something that is meant to be put toward problem solving. Mm. Where it becomes sinful is when we land it on people. So it's meant to be a problem-solving reaction to things in the world. It's an energy that comes from, in many ways, from within. And, and part of it is being made in God's image. When you see things that are unjust or yeah. you see things that are wrong, anger is a response that comes to that. What's difficult about righteous anger is that we can agree that, yeah, there are justifiable anger. There's, there's things that are justifiable to be angry at. Who among us is without sin? Right. So there's a humility that has to come with that anger because what it can what is hard to listen and easy to speak when you're mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be quick, slow, slow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> quick, slow, slow. Yeah. There was some guys uh, used to do a Bible study with. They're like when they were going through this, they're like quick, slow, slow. You know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, because we have this like deep sense of self-importance or like self-assertion or. If we're intolerant or stubborn or whatever the case is, if we get angry in those moments, what we're going to do is not listen so that we can actually put that anger towards problem solving. Mm. I'm just going to try to make myself better than you. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting, too, because he it says because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Like there is like you were saying, there is righteous anger. God gets angry. Scripture tells us that he's slow to anger, which is interesting considering that this is all getting to looking like Christ and Mm -hmm. obedience to Christ. So it's like he's already alluding to this like model of who God is that we're supposed to also model. Yeah. So I think anger gets mischaracterized a lot of times. It's like, Oh, anger is sin. Yeah. If that's the case, then if 
Paul says in Ephesians, he says, be angry and do not sin. Right. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Mm. It can't be. So anger isn't the issue. It's like, what do you do with it? Right. So yeah. be angry and do not sin. I love the, the point that you made earlier about um, that when you point anger at people, that that's when it can turn into evil. Mm. Right. You know, and so why do we think that anger will get someone to make a change? Why do we think being angry at someone will modify their behavior, motivate them to make a change? Why do you, why do you think we, we do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think at the core of it is that because our culture and the world in general says that fear is the primary motivation yeah. for getting anything done in the world. Yeah. And to some degree, there, there's some truth to that. To some degree. It's just the question of what do you fear most? Mm. And, and so if we think that fear is, if I can just get my kids scared of me, then I can make them behave in ways that I think will justify my parenting of them. I'm, Which, real, I'm really convicted it's, it's, oh talking man, about I know, this. right? <laughs> Dude, well, I, I think it's like what you said a minute ago. It's like it, it becomes a competition yeah. of making someone less than you. Mm-hmm. If I can use my anger to become an authoritative figure in someone's life, then I rule them. Yep. Right? That's exactly right. Oh, man. Whew. So be quick to listen. Yeah. Slow to speak. Because what's happening in the context here? Who's he writing to? People who are experiencing unexpected trials. Yeah. And so it's justifiable in many ways to get angry about people trying to oppress you. Yeah. And people coming down on you, et cetera. Man. So, be- so, it, so it's like, you know, he's, he's speaking to these Jews who uh, were in other cultures. Mm-hmm. And they're coming up to probably having lots of conflict and they're bringing their this new faith in Jesus, and you know they're 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 trying to point people in his direction, and they're finding uh, conflict happening. Yeah. Is what it feels like, you know. And so it's like, do I get people to to fall under my authority by being angry at them and showing that I can physically, you know, verbally take them? Mm-hmm. Right, is a way to like oppress them. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting because in twenty one. Yeah. He goes on to say to humbly accept the word planted in you. So if humility feels like the antidote there to the anger that we're most tempted to lean into in a situation like that where we're experiencing an injustice. But then he says the word planted in you, which can save you. Mm, yeah. So it's like submitting yourselves to the Lord is ultimately the only thing that can save you in that situation, Man. you know? There's a different trajectory there. Right. Because that's, uh, otherwise we're just going to lean into the season and get angry and use the same things that's used against us to get yeah. what we want. Yeah. yeah. But if there's a word planted in you, it says it's able. That word literally is dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite from. And there's power in the word to actually save you. Say that yeah. word again. What's that word again? Dunamis. 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 Right. right? Dropping some dunamis. Some dunamis. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the that is the piece though that there's there's something in the word of God and the word planted in us that creates a new way of living. Yeah. Because the way of the world is just like anger, fear, oppress, beat down, right? Elevate yourself. And Jesus is, and James, who's watching Jesus, is like, no nah, man, there's a different way to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah. So it feels like the the things that we should get angry at are really very internal. Is what it feels like. Like what what about like justified anger? Should we should we get angry at some things? How do we um, how do things we distinguish between the things that we can be righteously angry about versus things we can just agree to disagree on? Oh yeah, yeah. That's okay. Well, I think verse 22 is going to help us with that. Um, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And so there's a critical piece of what does arise in, to anger is like, who is God and how has he revealed himself in, uh, in, in, in his word? And so there's, that's going to always clarify for us the kinds of things that should, that should arise anger in us. Mm-hmm. But again, it's meant to help problem solve. Um, issues of sin are you know, we can always try to locate it on people. Well, that person, that person, that person. Yeah. If we just get rid of that person then. And the reality is, is that, you know, and Peter's going to talk about this in Second Peter 3. He says, like, God isn't slow. As if we're talking about getting rid of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, he's not slow like some people count slowness, but he wants all people to come to repentance and salvation. Yeah. And so even people that make us mad is stepping back one layer and saying, okay, what is, what am I mad about? What's the thing that I'm mad about? And what's the problem that needs to be solved? Mm. Because if we, if we go lazy into that, the way we're going to try to solve that problem is getting rid of you. Yeah. That's not how, like, thank, thank the Lord. That's not how he got rid of problems, man. (laughs) (laughs) Or becoming just critical. Mm. Like it's, he goes, he just keeps telling us over and over and again to do what the word says and anger without action just leads to cynicism. You know, it's like you have to be willing to, if you have righteous anger about some kind of injustice that you're witnessing, do something about it. Yes, And that looks different. And you have to ask the Holy spirit for guidance on that. But it's my temptation in life is to lean towards cynicism, but this is convicting for me. It's like, no, Becca, instead how can you participate in actually helping to solve the problem? Yeah, that's it. I think it's like the cynicism, the opposite of cynicism is curiosity. Yeah. You know, and for us, whenever we feel a feeling, we should ask ourselves, why do we feel this feeling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I feel angry? What is it that has happened that makes me internally bubble up and feel that anger that's there and why is it there Mm. and to have that curiosity to ask those kind of questions before you take action right right it's before I step into that moment and bring my anger that could be not righteous anger Mm -hmm. but it's just bubbling up fury that's in me because somebody acted against something that was against me yeah and I didn't step back and have curiosity and go why did they act that way Mm -hmm. yeah why did they make that decision when I told them not to make that decision, but they made it anyways. If I have that curiosity, then I can step back into it and go, okay, I'm angry for a reason. How can I be Jesus in this anger? Mm -hmm. How can I take that feeling and go, okay, I see the decision that you made and you made the wrong decision. Instead of being violently angry at you, I can help you make a decision by being curious and asking the right questions. And if you think about this, this is a, this is an issue of self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Mm. And so the Spirit will produce this self-control in you in this arena, yeah. which is why I think he says this in 21. Look at what he says. He says, 
Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. So it's hard to, like if it's a, if self-control is a fruit of the spirit, it's hard, it's hard to grow plants that bear fruit in bad soil. And you're a gardener, you know. Yeah, like, man, I got to get the weeds out of there. I got to get... You got that Georgia clay? Which can you grow in that Georgia clay? Peaches. Peaches. (laughs) Preach. The best peaches. Let's let's, let's just... (laughs) Call it like it is. Okay. There we go. Only for peaches. Only for good peaches. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't grow plants to bear good fruit in bad soil. So put away Mm. filthiness and rampant weakness. Repent. Now, that anger, that'll purify the anger. The repentance will purify the anger. Now I can see, okay, what is the action that needs to take place? Now? Mm-hmm. God, Lord, help me. Woo. You know what I Be mean? Be good soil, right? Right. And how do you do that? You receive the implanted word with humility yeah. and put away filthiness and rampant wickedness. Man. So I've got a question. How then, in light of that, when he goes on in 23 to talk about looking in a mirror and you... I'll just read it. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. In light of what we're talking about, how do you guys interpret that? That word look intently, it's it's the same stuff that Jesus uses when he says, hey, consider the ravens, consider the lilies. There's meant to be like this contemplation, this introspection, this this considering. and that, and then, like when he says that goes away, it's like this. This the way he's saying it is like they go away, and it has lasting effects. So that it's like a he's going away in such a way that he's he's forgetting, and it's going to have lasting effects in his life. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a receiving with humility; it's just a it's just a listening, it's just a hearing. Yeah, you're you're probably bad soil, right? Yeah, I mean that's probably what it is. Is that you know that you heard the truth but you weren't in a place of humbleness where you could accept that truth right and then put it into practice yeah. yeah because your soil was was not right yeah you're you weren't practicing those things to be avail like humble to accept that truth well and in many ways he's modeling for us what you just asked cuz where has he heard this about soils Jesus. Jesus talked about four soils. Yeah. There's like yeah. four soils. Yeah. The, the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed and it yeah. hits four different kinds of soils to yeah. the point. And so he says, let everyone who has ears hear what I'm saying. And James yeah. heard, like after the spirit came and mm. <laughs> caused him to be born again, he's like, oh, that's what Jesus was meaning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he's in many ways modeling for us mm. how to receive the word. Like he's been reflecting on it and now he's, He's putting it into practice, and he's exhorting others to do the same. Yeah, and you think of like James didn't believe Jesus was who he says he right? said he was. Yeah, he was not the right soil. Yeah, his whole relationship with Jesus. Yeah, he was not ready to humbly accept the truth of who Jesus was until the resurrection. Right, and then there was that moment where, man, I he is who he said he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that changed everything for him, and that he is now this kind of soil that he hopes that the people he's writing this letter to would be, be that, that soil that can accept the truth. Yeah. Take it and put it into practice. Don't, yeah. don't waste time. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. I, you know, it's funny. We were, I was reflecting on this. Uh, and I imagine that James and Jesus kind of looked alike, you know? And so when he looked at Jesus. Cause they were brothers. And, Cause they're brothers. Right. Yeah. I imagine when he looked at Jesus, he in many ways saw himself in a mirror. 
And I mean, could you just imagine how convicting it would be to look at Jesus every day who looks like you, but who like you, you would immediately see that you don't measure up to that, Mm. man. And that's what, that's what James is saying is when you look into the word, that's, that's in many ways how you're supposed to feel. Like I I can't measure up to that. I, I don't measure up to that. Yeah. It takes humility to receive the word that way. Mm. And there is no change apart from it. Yeah. Because then and then and only then if you believe that this is a, the means by which God wants to transform you to be more like Jesus, then that will do something to you to humble you and then give you strength and power to actually begin to put away filthiness and rampant wickedness mm. and do the word. Yeah. And that law was there to be that. And then Jesus, who is the word, made flesh, made flesh, (laughs) was there to show us what it looked like. Yeah. And to teach us. That's right. Man. I still can't get over that, that idea that when James saw himself in the mirror, that he would see, like literally see Jesus. Yeah. Because they looked the same, because they were related. Yeah. That would blow my mind to think, you know, the guy that I kind of denied as my brother of who he was and then to know that he was who he said he was and to see all the good things that he was the the answer for all humanity mm-hmm. that he was God's plan yeah and he was my brother and we looked the same that how I would be motivated every time I saw myself that I would say man I want to live like Jesus lived yeah, yeah. And, and what's the natural man this just this just bling. <laughs> what's the natural reaction when somebody makes us feel lesser than I got to get rid of you. Yeah. What did we do with Jesus? Ugh. Tried to get rid of him. Yeah. So it's like, it's like God's always four steps ahead of us, mm-hmm. you know? And so instead he rises from the dead. Oh, can't get rid of me. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but you have to have a new heart and a new spirit to mm-hmm. actually receive that. Yeah. To become now who you were always meant to be like Jesus. Yeah. You can't just pull your bootstraps up. I'm going to be like Jesus today. Good I'm going to work my way there. I'm going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, need, you need transformation. You need yeah. repentance and transformation that gives this new heart. So it gives you empowerment to actually begin to walk out these things. Yeah. Yo. That's it. That's good. Hmm. Was, was that the verse of uh, pure and faultless religion? The um, What was that? What 25. Was that? Yeah, 25. Yeah. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Oh, sorry. I'm going to keep going. And then he qualifies that. Yeah. 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 Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It's interesting, he qualifies 25 with, with those couple of verses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how about this? You know, the tongue, the connection between the tongue and the heart mm-hmm. and the actions. Yeah. Yeah. I think Matthew 15, Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then he goes on to talk about how, like, sin is an overflow from our heart. Mm-hmm. And so there's something he connects, you know, if anyone thinks he's righteous, if anyone thinks he's pious, if anyone thinks he's devout or God-fearing, but doesn't bridle his tongue the way he speaks about others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting because 
I, when I was reading that, I also thought like, he's talking so much about action is part of like, can that be interpreted as like someone who talks a big game, but then doesn't actually act on it? I don't know. Maybe it's one and the same. Yeah. I I wonder if it could be, I mean, we got the mirror thing in there. It's like old school student pastor, you know, it's like what you put in comes out, you know, what you put down the well comes out. Um, but I, I think it's really like the words we say are the really the only way that somebody else can know your heart. Mm-hmm. Like I can't reach inside you and know who you are as a human unless you show me, tell me, mm-hmm. speak it. That's the only way that I know actually who you are. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, that people will see your heart by what you do and what you say. Yeah. Totally. That's, that's so how good. they'll know. They'll know you, right. you know? That's how they'll know by by your love, you know. Yeah. Like that's right. how they'll know that that I'm a follower of Jesus by the way I love people. Yeah, yeah. they can't. I, I wish I could go into people's hearts and see, you know, what they're what they're really the true who they are. But the only thing that we see is what they say and what they do. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, that's critical, man. Because like that, people's words will either line up with the word or it'll push against it. Mm-hmm. Our actions will either line up with the word or push against it. And mm-hmm. So he says, like, how do you know? what's pure that word is like where we get our word cathartic from religion that's cathartic that heals your heart the kind of stuff because like religion's a bad word right right so but to take it as a healing (laughs) yeah Yeah. right come on (sighs) so it's stuff that's cathartic that heals your heart and keeps you unstained from the world is when you serve people who can't pay you back oh man the least, the most vulnerable people in the world because they they can't give you something back right Right. the lesser yeah that's it Mm. Mm. Religion is a healing. I cannot get over that. That's the word. <laughs> because I, I mean, when I'm interacting with people and you know having conversations with people, and they're maybe they've walked away from their faith and they're coming back, um, there is a sense of I'm looking for the medicine. Yeah, I'm looking for the thing that could heal my heart because I've done a bunch of stuff in my own ways. I've made a lot of decisions. I've broken relationships. I've had people hurt me and I need a healing and to know that Jesus is the medicine. Yeah. And like, how often do you hear stories of people that are like, I was like me and my relationship with God were not doing great. I started serving and then Mm. all of a sudden you stop looking so closely at yourself. You start looking the widows and Jesus orphans, right? Yeah. And serving. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you start feeling the results of that medicine. Mm-hmm. So and this, what we're doing God's right crazy. here, there's so much healing in this conversation. Yeah. You know, and for us to be able to have this conversation and for those of you that are listening, for you to invite people into your life, like this is a big piece of the healing yeah. that we all need. Yeah. Because isolation isn't going to bring it. Right. Mm. Right. And, yeah. and, and the world teaches you, like, hey, saddle up to people that can help you, Ooh. like, get better in your life. Or, like, mm-hmm. saddle up Self-help with people who can. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's really, it's it's flattery mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. many ways, which he's going to blast in <laughs> chapter two. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so that's why that's the wisdom of the world. I'm yeah. doing air quotes. Yeah, yeah. If you can't see, air quotes. Air quotes. Um, that's the wisdom of the world. Mm. And to some extent, yeah, I mean, you want to, you want to. You want to walk with people who can help you grow, but it's like, is it for, are you using people to get something that you really want? Yeah. 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 Well, the way you fight against that 
is you lean into practices from a different kind of heart that can shape you in ways that you're not always trying to take something mm-hmm. from somebody. Mm-hmm. That's a religion that's cathartic. Yeah. Healing. Then, yeah. yeah. It's healing. It's healing. Um, so I had a conversation with a guy in the lobby. He's a 20-something. I was just asking, like, hey, do you have any questions from the message? And and so he's like, yeah, I got all the questions. You know, it was, <laughs> it was, it was great. Um, but I thought it was a really interesting, like, one of his questions was, there's always a gap when you – not always. There, how do we close this gap is really mm-hmm. the question. When we, we go to a, a Sunday morning and hear a great message from, from a Jeff Henderson, from one of our teachers, or you're listening to a podcast and you hear a great teaching and you he, are convicted, you hear you know, God's word and the truth, and you know that you need to take a step. Mm-hmm. You know you need to take action. And you, you have this idea, this thought in your head of, yeah, these are the things that I need to do. And then there's such a big gap between the thought and the idea and the concept and actually taking that step. Yeah. You know, it's, I know that I need to go and have this really tough conversation with this person because mm-hmm. I know that I want to, I was angry with them mm-hmm. and I want to be at peace with them. Yeah. Um, I know I'm convicted because I heard that. Now then there's a gap between me actually doing that. How do we yeah. close that gap? What are the tools, the practices, the things that we can put in place to close that gap between just hearing and doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Man. <laughs> Kinda, do you have yeah, something to say? I, well, I'll I, follow you up. Yeah. So at the risk of sounding mechanistic or formulaic, because mm-hmm. that's not what I mean by yeah. what I'm about to say, there is a sense in which are you convinced that the Word of God is authoritative in your life mm-hmm. and is meant to help transform you to be more like Jesus? Because if so... Then the first thing that I think has to come from that is this sense of, God, thank you for your word, and please forgive me for mm-hmm. um, how I violated your good and your good word. Yeah. And then linger there, because that's normally where we get up and then try to pull our bootstraps up and make things better, and we often mm-hmm. make things worse. <laughs> but linger there and let God wash over you with his word and show you a picture literally of Jesus on the cross dying for that sin and then rising from the dead to give you strength to actually live a different way. Mm. That's repentance and faith. Mm -hmm. It's like breathing. Yeah. Because whatever God, this is the principle somebody taught me in my early days and I'll never forget it. What God requires of you, he always provides. He always provides. And so if I know that he requires of me reconciliation with people that I've wronged, then I, then I believe that through repentance and faith, he's going to empower me to actually live it out. Even if they don't forgive me up front, I'm walking in faithfulness to the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a catharsis that comes from that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's my first thought. That's yeah. great. And I think just to echo We can, God's so patient. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just this, probably a month ago, I experienced something along the lines where for a year I was like, I felt this conviction that I needed to go repair a relationship. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And God was so patient with me. And then just recently it was like, no, I just, I have to act on it. And I don't, I think that it, would it have been better for me to act as immediately? Yes. 
But at the same time, I just, I say that for anyone that feels shame about not acting Mm. when they feel that conviction. God's quick to forgive. That doesn't mean we take advantage of his grace, but at the same time, like the Holy Spirit is going to keep nudging you, Mm -hmm. you know, and just trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's good. That's good. And I think this is a big part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's help one another. Yeah, that's it. PK, is there any relationships that need restoring? Yeah. Just work that out together. That's right. How yeah. can I help you? Yeah. Let me pray for you. Yeah. How can I help? Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I think, too, it's that, that mirror moment yeah. that we can all have, too, is a, just a, a regular rhythm that we should all have in our lives where we stop and we sit down and we look and say, am I living what God's called me to live? Mm-hmm. Am I listening and, and hearing from God and taking action on those things and to, to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, is there some things in my life that I need to cut out? You know, it's like when I look in the mirror and I see like the wrinkles on my face, I'm like, maybe I need to drink some more water. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 get some some sleep, you know, like there's, there's some indicators for us. And so when we hear the truth and we, we know that God is speaking to us and we should take that action, that we have that regular reminder Yeah. yeah, where we look ourselves in the mirror and go, am I who? God's calling me to be. Yeah. Am I at peace with the people that I'm supposed to be? Am I, am I, am I serving those people that God's called me to serve? Am I living out the convictions that he's put in my heart? Yeah. Yeah. And to have that moment of truth with yourself is huge. Mm. We all need to do that. Yeah. Mm. And the, and the reality is, and you know this from experience that once you do something, it's easier to do it again. And that can be good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Those trajectories are put in place. Right. And so if there's walking in obedience and experiencing strength and power to do it, it's easier to obey again the next time. Yeah. The next time. And this mm-hmm. snowball, but it's also, if you harden your heart and walk in disobedience, it's a lot easier to do that again next mm-hmm. time and the next time mm-hmm. and the next time. Doesn't mean God can't circumvent that, but that's just how humanity works. Yeah. We're wired in those kind of ways to snowball, to accumulate for mm-hmm. compounding interest. Mm-hmm. Of, of our lives. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for listening. I hope that it was a really helpful conversation and what it looks like to study the Bible together. And we'll be dropping more episodes of the Movement Podcast every single Thursday. So we hope that you'll jump on and join us. And hey, we want to hear from you. You can fill out a survey at crosspoint.tv slash podcast survey uh, for an opportunity to get a, a $50 Amazon gift card. We're going to give away three of those to, ev- to people that Uh, fill out the survey. We're going to do a little drawing. And so we'd love to give you that gift for just sharing with us some information on what are the things that you'd like to hear from. And hey, if you want to continue to jump in with us in this movement series, there's a reading plan. There's other resources available for you at crosspoint.tv slash movement. Um, You can also follow us on social media at crosspoint.tv on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. Um, But next week, we're going to come back with a conversation on James chapter two, and we hope that you'll join us.